0: hello this is shirley smith with bridge the gap today we will learn who actually made this statement what other people think about you is not your business and so the ceo that we will highlight today actually made that statement and it's a statement that his father said to him when he was young so we will bridge the gap today by doing part three of the body. So we are talking mind, spirit, body, and soul. And so we've covered the other three, and we're now on the body. So this is part three on the body, and we will be discussing how biases have created gaps in leadership uh, in Fortune 500 corporations. And then also, we will touch on the COVID 19 uh, virus, hopefully, vaccine soon. I have a thought. Come think with me. Hello, this is Shirley Smith with Bridge the Gap. Today, we will be doing part three of the body and so just as a reminder we are looking at the mind the body the spirit the soul we're looking at all the areas of us that we can and can improve to help bridge gaps in our society when it comes to uh, racism and um, white supremacy and other issues that we experience in America and so we're working on body now so uh, last time on part two we actually looked at uh, leadership or the lacking of African-American leadership in Fortune 500 corporations as it relates to CEOs. And so we talked about there's four and four African-Americans that are CEOs currently in the United States within the Fortune 500 corporations. And so today we will speak specifically about uh, Ken Frazier, who is the CEO of Merck, and that's pharmaceutical company. And so he's being interviewed by Professor Neely. Professor Neely is the Naylor Fitzhughes Professor of Business Administration at Harvard Business School. And she is interviewing Ken Frazier. Uh, the name of the article, in case you would like to look it up, is Merck CEO Ken Frazier discusses a COVID cure, racism, and why leaders need to walk the talk. And so he basically will do two things in this interview that we will highlight today. There are two things. One is that because of who he is and the company that he works within, he's going to discuss just a little snippet about uh, the COVID-19 vaccine potential (laughs) because we're not quite there yet (laughs) with the vaccine, but he will address some thoughts Uh, that he has concerning that, and then he'll also address some concerns he has. Then the other thing that um, Professor Neely will discuss with him are things like leadership in Fortune 500 corporations. Uh, He will certainly touch on uh, the fact that there's only four of them. He's one of the four. Uh, African-American CEOs in Fortune 500, and then he will also bring to our attention that we're still lacking uh, African-American management at the middle management level in corporations as well. So now looking at the COVID situation, one good thing is that uh, he is one of the co-chairs Uh, for the commission in New Jersey for reopening the state of New Jersey. And so he, of course, has uh, some concerns about, you know, the education reform, criminal justice reform, racial inequalities, and a number of things, health care, all of the above. He's concerned with that. And so he first gives some thoughts uh, concerning our situation in the United States. He says right now there's over 100 corporations working on a potential vaccine for COVID-19. The other thing that he mentions is that when Merck uh, dealt with the fastest vaccine ever that was created was actually for mumps. It was the mumps vaccine, and that actually took four years to create. And the more recent vaccine uh, that was created was for Ebola. And that took actually five and a half years. And so the virus itself, he said, uh, affects the immune system. And because of that, they have, to, they have to make sure that it's safe, that it's effective, and that it's durable. And his, his, his uh, concern is that our public is a little bit hungry, <laughs> or too hungry for a vaccine that will affect the immune system because that will take time to make sure that they get it right because billions of lives are at stake. So the other thing that he mentioned is that uh, the United States was not as prepared to do disease surveillance. And what he means by that is that the protective equipment that's needed by the um, those who take care of patients uh, was not there uh, when this virus started, testing and tracking was not in place and critical care centers had not been established. So in other words, uh, as far as disaster recovery, that seemed to be not in place for the United States. And that helps us to better understand why the United States being only 4% of the world population, is 25 percent of the world's infections so that is concerning of course to him and then the other concern he has (coughs) is that uh, Yale has done a study and it seems that African Americans seem to die 3.5 times faster to COVID than whites and Latinx uh, die about three times more likely than uh whites uh that uh actually get the virus, and so considering that of course he's very concerned about making sure that the vaccine is appropriate for billions of lives because that's uh, very key uh in order to us to save lives. it must be a very A valid vaccine. So, now the first thing that he talks about when it comes to leadership, and he actually had quite a few points to make, but these are some things he feels that we may want to consider in other corporations as well as within Merck uh, Pharmaceuticals because he is holding himself accountable since he is CEO. Uh, One of the things he had mentioned is that. for those companies who have merit systems, uh, the point of merit systems, of course, is to reward those who work hard and are very successful in their jobs. And so he said it's interesting that there are merit systems, but he's wondering how fair they are because African-Americans tend to be better in order, they have to be better <laughs> in order to be at the same place of other Employees, And so he says people don't really like to admit that in the corporations, uh, especially if they have marriage systems. But African-Americans tend to work very hard uh, and typically harder than their counterparts uh, when they're doing their jobs. And so then we have um, the situation where his concern is how complicit are people that are running the corporations? with racism and the status quo. And so if your leadership is not concerned about uh, justice within the corporation, then that corporation will probably have a more difficult time uh, being fair with their employees. And so what he suggests is that corporations re-examine their hiring process as well, just to make sure that they are including a number of African-Americans in their pool when they're recruiting. Uh, He also brings up the fact that middle-level management has ceilings as well, and so he has actually been working on that within his corporation, and he says he's um, not as thrilled with middle-level management as he is with senior-level management because he's been able to uh, promote uh, a number of African-Americans uh, within his senior ranks. So he has about 10 senior rank professor, uh, professionals uh, that work uh, reporting to him and three of those are African-American uh, and so he also has Asian-American and Latino-American and White-American. And so his suggestion is that corporations, it's great for them to plan but it's even greater for them to take action and actually make their plans come to pass. Uh, The other thing he mentioned is that uh, with the companies re-examining themselves, uh, he feels that they need to champion uh, their, their recruits. So there's a need to actually mentor and champion them One of the things that he mentioned is that when he took over at Merck, he actually was mentored and championed by the outgoing CEO, and he felt that that's very necessary with all levels of management. Uh, And so other things that he mentioned uh, with regards to this is he talked about um, something his father said to him, he says, "Do not let society tell you that you're not good enough. You're more than enough." And so he wants to make sure that people know that you are more than enough. If you are a black professional or a brown professional, you are. You you may feel alone, but you're more than enough to get the job done that you have been given. Uh, he said, "The other thing is that it is difficult in." Fortune 500 corporations because a number of the, not only corporations, but within our country, we still pretend not to be racist. And so we know that (laughs) racism does exist, whether we admit that it does or not. Uh, The other thing he suggested is that you should have two types of mentors if you are in corporations, One mentor should help you with the work, the particular job, the particular career that you're in. And the second mentor should be a person that can help you to overcome the slings and arrows of racism. And that person probably needs to look like you. But someone that will help you to um, dodge the darts, so to speak, that you will sometimes feel when you're the only one in a department. And so as I looked at that, it reminded me of something um, that my experience within corporate America. As a global development and market development person, I had the opportunity to go to other countries and meet with marketing management and basically create strategy, communication strategy, especially during the Y2K time, uh, and also sit with them for them to come up with implementation plans per country because we know that there's different cultures, different um, situations. So everybody needs to come up with an implementation plan that makes sense for their country. And within those visits, I always was alone when it came to being the only woman in the meeting and, of course, the only African-American woman in the meeting. Uh, So that was something that I became accustomed to. (coughs) And the good thing for me (coughs) is that I think I had become accustomed because of the environment that I worked in in America. So if you are a minority in America, In a corporation, you build up a skill set, as I call it, where you can function well in other countries as a minority because actually you become accustomed to it. So then it's a matter of you understanding culture in that country and understanding the value of respecting others and showing care to others who are your peers, or upper-level management, or whoever it is that you are actually interfacing with. So he gives great advice here by saying, have a mentor. And especially if you haven't done this before, you really need a mentor. Now, some of us, we didn't have mentors because no one exists in that spot until we stepped over into that spot. And so there was no one to really mentor us in that way. Uh, But now, hopefully, with a few more African Americans in place, look for a mentor that has either done what you're being called to do or one that knows the department and the situation really well so that they can give you advice on what to do. Now, uh, when we were coming up with communication strategy and business continuity plans, it is impossible for you to do that alone. So if you're developing plans for a country, <laughs> of course you need people in that country to partner with you to actually help you create you know what is possible there. And this is why you do the strategy at a global level, but then you go into the countries, you uh, make yourself available, to learn, and that's a that's a real interesting point that everyone needs to understand. Don't go to the country as if you know all, but go to the country and learn with your peers uh, what is the best way to implement those plans in that country. So this is something that um, Ken Frazier's father said to him. He said, first of all, he referred to his father as one of the, he had many great ancestors. (laughs) So he considers his father a great ancestor. His father said to him, what other people think about you is none of your business. So in other words, go do your job. Do it the best way you know how. His father was a humble person. And so it sounds like Ken is also one of those humble people that has learned that one way to show respect to people that are not like you is to be humble. Another is you can go very far with that. I remember my father saying to me as I started to travel around the world to work with other divisions of our corporation, My father said to me, he said, now there's racism that we experienced while I was in the Army. He said, but actually there was more racism within America while I was in the Army than it was outside of America for me. So he had a chance to go to France and South Africa and India and different places, Singapore and so on. And so he said he actually faced less racism outside the country as he did inside the country, and to be honest with you, I noticed the same thing. I have actually faced more racism within the United States of America, even though this is my home, and uh, for how many generations? I think about six or seven generations, And, um, and did not experience as much, if any, racism as I was doing my job in other countries. Now, that's not to say that it doesn't exist. It just means that perhaps the level that I went over, since I was bringing strategy and they were to uh, create implementation plans, uh, of course, people are going to respect when this person reports back to executives what the status is in in that country when you're auditing and also you're writing your plans and then going back to audit to make sure that the company is in good shape when the Y2K would hit. So this is something that I found fascinating that he talked about with his father. He said as a child, his father was a janitor and his father would wake up early in the morning. And so this is what he determined to be a man based upon the example that his father led he said he would his father get up in the morning so he felt a man gets up in the morning he goes to work he takes care of his family and he takes his family to church and so he says he also helps his children to understand the importance of an education the other thing he said his father left him with is he's basically created what he has created to take care of his family. But his question to Ken was, are you going to write your chapter? So I leave you with this. In order to close the gap, we want to bridge the gap in society with as it deals with racism and injustices. So what is the chapter that you are responsible for writing to help bridge the gap. I have a thought and every day I think about how can we close this huge gap that's in our society so that we can come together and find a vaccine for the coronavirus so that we can Stop having to march and riot just to have justice so that we can learn to respect and care for each other. I have a thought, and I am so happy that you decided to think with me.